Hey guys, and welcome to episode 261 of Built on Passion. I'm your host, Matt Delabuono, and today we have on Giddy Yo founder, Bridget Longshore. Giddy Yo makes organic, nutritious, dark chocolate, and body care products that are designed with purpose and made with love. Bridget has always had a serious love for healthy living and clean, nutritious foods. So it's no surprise that Giddy Yo really got its start right in her kitchen while trying to feed her family the best food she can get her hands on. Before long, she found herself making chocolate and then taking that chocolate to farmer's markets and that very quickly snowballed into a bigger and bigger operation until she found herself going through hell and high water to source ingredients for enough batches of chocolate to meet her demand. With a sense of uncompromising quality and commitment to run an ethical business, Bridget is fairly strict about what goes into her products and keeps her deep-rooted love for healthy foods sewed within each bar. Beyond baking such fantastic chocolate, Bridget has instilled a deep sense of gratitude and moral responsibility within Gideo and is always quick to help support anyone in need. At a point, one can make the argument that Gideo is less about the chocolate and more about celebrating the little things in life that make it special. And for as big as Gideo's grown, I think it's really incredible that she holds so true to her original mission and making sure that she runs her business in line with her own personal values. In this episode of Built on Passion, Bridget Longshore shares how she scaled her business so quickly, the challenges of sourcing ingredients while maintaining the highest quality, and her how and why behind building Gideo. So we are officially rolling. Bridget, thank you for joining me today. So I guess to start the easy one, who are you? Who is Bridget Longshore? I'm just a girl. I'm just a girl with some ideas, with some <laughs> passions. I'm originally born and raised in America. God bless America. I love America. I married a Canadian, found my way to Canada. Had my four kids here. And I guess I'm one of those people that are pretty passionate about the things I'm passionate about. Someone in the past has called me intense. And so when she said, oh, my friends are really intense, I had to ask around other people saying, would you consider me intense? And they're like, no, you're not intense. You're just, you're passionate about what you're passionate about. Who am I? Like I said, I'm just a girl and I, I care about certain things, you know, like we all do. It's like, but one of the things that I care deeply about and I think I've just created to this is to, to seek and to know and to live truth. Like, don't give me bullshit. It's, it's on me. And I, and I can't, I can't live that way. And so, um, I think that that's would be the foundation for kind of everything I do. I try. Once again, I'm human. I'm not perfect. But once again, it's like if I see truth, I want to know truth and I want to create something based on truth and, and not like people have different definitions of, well, what is truth? No, truth is truth. I'm going to be ethical person of integrity and I'm going to do what I, I say I'm doing. And I'm also a foodie. So <laughs> you marry the two, you know, integrity, truth, food. And I also, you know, I'm creative. I, guess I was created with a very entrepreneurial spirit in mind, so. That's where the passion comes in. Yeah, I think it's just the way I was created. Like, one of the, the questions you ask is, like, what would you offer? What advice would you offer someone that wanted to start a business? And, man, if you're created, if you have that drive and passion to start something, it's a, it's almost like it, it wasn't an option for me. You know, it was just, it was something. So it's like, I wanted to have children. Like, the only thing that would have gotten in the way of me having children would be if I couldn't have children, then I would have adopted so I would have had children. So it, it's such a strong desire and drive, then go for it. So 
Gideo is, I guess, born of your passion for truth, food, and delivering the truth of food to people. It is, exactly. Um, back in the kind of my whole passion for health and wellness began when I was 24 and I'd been married for a few years and it's like, hey, honey, we're having a baby. And then it's like, whoa, now I'm responsible for another human being. And, and thank God, like, I never struggled with health issues. Like, so a lot of people get into the creating a business based on like healthy food because they were sick and they needed to figure out how to get well. So through the food that they ate or had allergies. So that wasn't so much my case. It's more like, whoa, I'm, I'm having a baby. Now I need to figure out how to make sure that, that I'm giving this child everything it needs. So it, it has all the tools necessary, whatever, to, to thrive. So my father was a very interesting man, and he had all sorts of books on health and wellness, although he himself didn't necessarily follow it. But he definitely had the books. And I grabbed one called Young Again. And it married the idea with how the government doesn't necessarily have your fully your best interest in mind, like to have like supreme health. You really need to like clean out your system, clean your liver, clean your colon, eat organic food, have the best water you wanted. And so I read this and I'm like, whoa, this is the answer. Because the way my father raised us, he's a bit of a, whatever you call it, conspiracy theorist, but he had some very brilliant ideas about what's really going on. And he was also a seeker of truth. And he just always asked questions. He's like, no, that, that doesn't sit well with me. That's not right. And so he really, so when I read this book, it was like, whoa, everything kind of that I've been taught as a child and growing up. And then it's like, well, let's take this next level. This is about food and organic and clean and what's really going on in, in the world with food supply. And so I was hooked and I just read book after book after book and cleaned out my kitchen and threw away any shrag that there was and only bought organic. And this was back in 1994. So this was, there was lots of options, but not like it is today. That passion for food truth or food purity, it, it never left me because then I had one ch child and the next and the next and the next. And I was the crazy mom that was making kids' foods, you know, like not like super crazy, but yeah, I would like travel to see my, my, my mom and bring my food with me. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, you need this. And See, now that's become the normal though, especially with people that like having certain food sensitivities. One of my friends has a very restrictive diet for health reasons, like gluten. She's like has celiacs as a start. And then there's a lot of other, she needs to be really, really careful about what she eats. So she's, that is so normal for her to be like, oh yeah, like I bring my own snacks or whatever, this or that. And I feel like we've gone to, uh, it's, it seems like you had a little bit of a head start in your mindset with food. And now the world's catching up to the point where there are QR codes on a lot of different packages where you can actually see the ingredients like that full transparency. I mean, I noticed a very large shift. I mean, back in the day when I was growing up, you know, I'm 51, so I was born in the 1970s. So Back in the day, like you just didn't have the allergies that people have. It's like everyone's sensitive to everything. So, so back when I was raising my kids in '94, it's like, and I've seen such a big shift from then to now. So back then, it was almost like a choice. It's like, no, this is what I'm choosing, not because my kids are sick or they have sensitivities. It's this is what I want because I don't want them to develop. And so, what's happening now is. People are born or they're create at a very young age, these sensitivities and there's lots of issues. So if you want to feel a certain way or thrive, you, you have to know that's your choice. So the education is there. So 
weather. So yeah, it was a choice back then. It was not a necessity. That's interesting too. I mean, talk about a head start. Like you called it pretty much. Before we get too far in the weeds, what is Giddy Yo? That is, that is what we are we are really here to talk about. This is that is the pivot point for health and truth coming together for you at least. Started Giddy Yo in two thousand and nine, and it once again I knew that I I, I had wanted or I really had a desire to start my own business. So once again I was a stay at home mom. You know, so I started having children. I was at twenty four. Thank thank God I was able to be a stay at home mom. But I definitely had, it's like, okay, my kids are getting older. I have this drive. I need to do something. So, unfortunately, I got divorced. And then I had a boyfriend at the time that shared very similar passions with me. You know, we have gotten into raw food. And I was making chocolate at home for the kids because they wanted chocolate. So, I'm like, yeah, well, if you want it, I'm going to make it. So, and I actually met another friend who was really into, like, herbs. And, you know, you just, you meet up with a... a a community of like-minded people and you share ideas and how to I use food and how to take nutrition next level. Long story short, this, this person that um, I was engaged to had started growing sprouts and was selling them at farmers markets and he was uh, he was really struggling so about to kind of pack it in and say, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. And he wasn't he's not really a people person. So I loving people and really loving to help and I'm like, okay, well no problem, don't quit. I'm gonna come and help you at the farmer's market. So when I was helping in those crowds, and we were also buying organic foods in bulk, repackaging them. And we didn't have a brand at the time, and we didn't have. So we just set up our little farm stand at this farmer's market in Barrie, Ontario. And I loved it. I loved talking to people. I loved sharing stories. I loved helping people. And I just found that there's quite a sizable community of people that, A, want to be well the natural way. They don't necessarily trust other companies that say they're doing certain things. They really want to know where's my food from. Yeah, it's really based on trust. If we have options, if you have like 10, 20 different companies to buy the same food from and they're all about the same price or they're not even this like I'm the type of person that will do my research and say who's behind this company? Are they people of integrity? And there was even back in 2009 there was a lot of people that have the same ideas and so it just kind of things just kind of took off fast forward a couple and I once again I was making chocolate organic raw chocolate and then I started like hey let's bring this to the market because see if people like it and they did to actually eat chocolate and feel good like to take something that people associate with guilt like oh I'm gonna die or oh I shouldn't eat so much and I'm like no 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 try this see how you feel eat this instead and it just really like People loved it. And actually, growing up, was a little, I never liked chocolate. Ugh, it was like, why do people eat this stuff? What? I'm the same way with peanut butter. Now it's on the other, uh, other end of the spectrum. I'm the crazy one. But I get that all the time. I'm used to it. So, um, giddy up. So, you know, basically, it just kind of started and it grew. And man, I, like, I, thank you, God, I have a phenomenal work ethic. And, you know, when you, it's all of a sudden, it's like, wow, like people want to know like the information I have and it helps them and they're thankful and I can be creative and it just kind of all comes together and it's like okay go time and it just one step at a time like I don't know I didn't really think about it you know sometimes people ask well did you have a business plan yes I'm like just did it made mistakes along the way the business plan is getting it done yeah get her done man just uh work your butt out try to work smart 
you know, at the time we had like a, a good relationship. He was a very hard worker and we worked well together and we just went and the timing was really good too. Because people were very much in 2009, people were all the raw chocolate had to be refrigerated. So people wanted to were seeking a raw food option. It wasn't next to all the chocolate bars. So we're like, hey, let's figure out a way to make this a non-roasted, you know, chocolate bar that's shelf-stable that can be next to all the other chocolate bars. So when you go for chocolate. Interesting. I did not know that. I do not have a ton of food restrictions, so I'm, I'm kind of grab it all and go. It seems like you kind of pioneered that a little bit, or at least we're one of the first. Maybe. I don't know. I, don't, I just kind of do what I do and I try not to compare myself to others. And it's just like, hey, this is what we do. This is what we offer. And so, I mean, even trying to find a supplier that could provide a non-roasted cacao, because... I'm not a bean to bar chocolate maker. I'm a craft chocolate maker, but my goal was to try to find, because a craft chocolate bar, you know, it's anywhere from $10, and this is in Canada, you know, $10, 20 plus dollars for a bar. And my idea was, okay, let's, was like, let's just do things, do things well. I want to source the best cacao that we can based on kind of what I what I believe is best because you can talk to anyone. I've, I've been to craft bar ch- shows and everyone says they have the best. And I'm like, how is that possible? How's yours the best? How's yours the best? Like, how do you define best? You know, I define best as I wanted something that wasn't, you know, wasn't like a, a hybrid CCM51 cacao bean. I wanted heirloom cacao. I wanted organic. I wanted something that was minimally processed and then we don't want mycotoxins. We don't want the mold and the fungus. So it like kind of hits all the, the food safe, food safe things. But people aren't always asking that question. They're just like, I don't want to get chocolate. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to take it a step further. Because I was a raw foodie, I was eating this is other people's chocolate as I was you know, testing. And I found that, wow, I could eat person A's cacao chocolate and it's like, woo, I got to go for a two hour run. I'm so jacked. Right. Or I can eat someone else's and it's like, that's not fermented well. So a lot of research went to find somebody that a clean bean that wasn't roasted, but then also hoping that they can do the next step and do all the processing, drying, removing the skins, grinding it into the paste all in Ecuador or whatever country we chose to to, to source from and we chose to source from Ecuador so really trying to find someone who could provide all that and then we would buy the raw materials we would buy the piece we would buy cacao nibs and uh, thankfully again uh, we were able to find a supplier that provided a non-roasted cacao paste cacao butter when you ask the question what's Gideo it's like we what we do basically is we, we handcraft chocolate we also handcraft a chocolate based body care product called Love Butter which is phenomenal my two favorite things are the chocolate Love butter, and then I source other really clean foods from you know small suppliers that are doing something unique, and I created the brand, and then I you know import them and distribute them mostly through like you know the health food stores in Canada, and then I also found some other really awesome local people that you know I've got a very good friend that's Greek, but he lives in Canada and he does an ice press olive oil. His wife makes these olive oil based soaps and things that are just clean and toxin free and then some other friends are making this awesome all natural deodorant called routine and they're in canada so i distribute their stuff and just found a a salt company i have a salt uh, from peru but i also found another salt company in canada so you know 
if I meet these people and they've got to be at the store and they seem legit and integral, it's like, hey, I want to like share the love. It's great. It really is perfect because you're now I was looking at all your products and it seems like you do operate in this like perfect spectrum of like, it's all stuff that you can kind of tie back to self-care kind of also on top of that things in particular that people are looking to make sure that they are clean and not packed with chemicals. It's like even in most some ways, especially fair trade and just responsibly produced to actually go through all the different products, all the, the different processes that I think is like the biggest thing that you guys are doing. Cause that takes so much time and so much effort. And a lot of people don't know where to start. Like you got started before you started Gideo, you knew what to look for, what questions to ask. You had that mindset, you had that passion and you were able to kind of put all this stuff together. You deliver what people are looking for to them when they don't really know where to start. Or it's not that, and that exactly. We kind of want to be a go-to in a brand. We don't have a bazillion things, but we have some, you know, some pretty cool basics, like you know, a, a salt that's you know from the mountains of Peru, which is you know, there's no plastic situations. We have to have plastic situations in Peru because it's like saline water that comes up through the, uh, the Peruvian Andes Mountains. So like it's, it's not from original falls, but so it's like yeah, and that's kind of the thing is like let me do the work for you. Because it's my passion and I, I've been in this long enough and I, you know, my spidey senses, I really rely a lot on my spidey senses of someone I go, because you also have to travel, you go, you travel, you see, and you're like, hmm, they told me this, why do I see that and why won't they let me go there and why, why, um, okay, I went, I wanted to, you know, once we were back in the day, we were sourcing and we wanted to put a, an AFA of blueberry algae on our chocolate bars. So we decided to go to Oregon. We are going to this place to check out the facility. You know, they harvested it from this pond. And I'm like, whoa, you know, and all the marketing materials, like, oh, it's a steering-fed, you know, lake. And it's, oh, so pure and pristine. And then we get to the lake, and it's like, it's a public lake. Anyone who's been on a boat and see what spews out the back. And then we were on the boat that was harvesting because the, the, the blueberry algae was in harvest time and it's like these are like old boats and they're spewing diesel out the back and then they have another boat harvesting from behind it and i'm like whoa yikes i'm glad i saw this and it just when you when you witness something like that you really need to like because people will tell you whatever they want you to hear i should say not not everyone there are certain people right because a lot of people are in the food business to make money and like that's their main goal. And like I started this business, and it was like, yeah, you, you you have to make money and you have to be profitable, otherwise you don't have a business. But the my impetus was really how can I help people? People, not necessarily people like myself, but people that care about certain things and just happens to be things I care about, like, like food integrity and food safety and you know, treating people ethically and fair trade and organic. You know, you ask the questions and go and witness and I mean, I feel like I'm your perfect demographic because that that's all stuff I care about. I, I guess I shouldn't necessarily say I don't have any dietary restrictions. I will go for things based off of, you know, how they were made. So like I do eat meat. I try not to eat as much meat, but if I do, I'm going to a butcher and I don't want like a prepackaged mystery supermarket thing. My background is originally in uh, natural resources. I, I studied a lot of uh, environmental topics on that path. So I 
I was just lucky enough to be exposed to all this kind of nefarious stuff that's happening in the backgrounds of our food systems. The teaching part of what you're doing, I feel like is like by far the most valuable thing because it's showing people how to connect better with what they eat. Or, I mean, even going beyond just your chocolate and what you, other products that you distribute, just showing people how to be more responsible to themselves and to where the stuff comes from. It's huge. Sure. And you know what? And I encourage people to ask questions. Like, and that's one of the things, like, if I'm in business, if people ask me questions, you know, oftentimes, I mean, we love to answer questions. We have, you know, typically the same questions because we... Once we receive our raw materials, because you never know what's going to happen. You don't know. So I always make sure we test everything. You know, yeah, our companies, they have to give us a certificate of analysis for the food. And then once it gets to Canada, then we send it off to an independent lab just to make sure because, you know, I've heard some stories and it's like, oh, here's my COA. And it's totally not even legit. <laughs> it's just, it's the crazy things that go on in this world. So uh, like, okay, let's just, it's peace of mind and, I mean, I'm, I'm feeding people. You gotta, I, I don't want to hurt anybody ever. It's not my goal. It's quite the opposite. So, and that's not mandatory. It's like in part of the Health Canada or even is like you can import it, but it's not like, okay, show me all your certificates of analysis. Like we sent our chocolate bar out. So we typically keep three months of, of inventory on hand. So we make sure, but we um, send the chocolate bar out each week. So we know well in advance if there were ever a situation, which thank God there's never been a situation where um, a certificate of analysis came back and it was questionable. We, we, we had, like, we're not even almost selling that product. So we make sure we do diligence and we make sure that we do things like that. So people can also look what they're eating. What goes into how you choose what ingredients you source? Where the ingredients come from, rather? My job becomes... I have to find the people that do things well. And there's a lot of options. So, you know, I've gone to, to, to big food trade shows. Like there's a couple in the US that suppliers from all over the world, they come and they go and I ask questions and I get samples and I take tests and then I go visit if I can. But for instance, like we make a raspberry chocolate bar. Okay, well, I've already sourced my cacao. So that, that takes a lot of time because I want a certain variety. And I want it to be organic and I want it to be, you know, if it's rainforest certified, that's awesome. So you have to do your research. You have to find out who is supplying, who can provide the amounts I need. Do they have these certifications? Let me get a sample. Will they allow me to go there? Will they actually show me where the cacao grows? That's a big thing. If they're like, sorry, we don't have time for that. I'm like, well, this is how many, how many metric tons I'm going to buy per year. If you don't have time for that, then I don't, I can't work with you. Like I'm, I just don't want to, right? So it's like, so, but in terms of like other products, for instance, like raspberry powder, I need to find, because I don't grow enough raspberries to, to you know, to use on our chocolate bar. It would be lovely if I could find some in Canada, but I, I needed to find, you know, a certified organic that's also allergen-free because our chocolate bars are allergen-free. So if you have a nut allergy or peanut or tree nut, you can eat the chocolate bars. So you got to hit kind of all these things, organic, hopefully fair trade, but it's not, it's not mandatory because I just want to make sure that it's legit. You've got to trust your supplier. And then um, the allergen-free, and then you've got to hit all sorts of different targets, and then you get the, um, it's not very sexy, but you get the supplier to fill out a supplier form. It's like, you know, how do you lot, track lot numbers, and are you 
it has to certify and be certified and certified and certified. It's like, what has the company done to ensure that they're providing food safety? You know, what is the customer service like? You know, you do a lot of back and forth. Are they answering questions in a timely manner? So it's, it's, it's not like the sexiest thing. It just requires a lot of time and work. And, you know, we put in place, because I've been doing this, you know, for quite some time. So I have the suppliers I've worked with. They've proven to be trustworthy. And if somebody proves not to be trustworthy, which we have a situation, and then I find an alternative. And I usually have some backups as well. So it's, it just takes time and dedication. For you, it may seem like a very mundane thing, but it's always so interesting to see and think about, you know, you look at a chocolate bar and be like, this isn't just one thing. This is a ton of things coming together. And just to think about where those things come from kind of blows my mind. I don't know if I'm the only one who is thinking this, but. You know what? A lot of people don't know how many steps it takes to make a chocolate bar or, you know, and, and since being in the being in business and being an actual manufacturer. And I don't want to say, because when I say I'm a manufacturer, people have these ideas. I'm like, no, I'm a craft chocolate bar maker. <laughs> like, we're not like this big, um, we're just like a, a medium size, but we're like a small, medium sized business. We're not a mom and pop anymore. But um, in terms of, yeah, there's a lot of ingredients. And you know what? I got to say, like, I'm a very different person now that when I started the business. And so, in 2009, when I started, I would just say, wow, I just, I worked really hard and, you know, we just happened to hit timing and it was luck. Well, I'm very different things right now that I, I believe very much in God. And so I know that if this whole Gideo business is really um, kind of a springboard to spread a message of hope, to help people, to help people um, to feel heard and to feel loved and to, um, it's really about all the things we offer is very much felt experience because at the end of the day I mean when we're on our deathbed it's like what are we going to remember we're going to remember the people that touched our heart the people that cared people that listened to us you know did we really feel the love and not to get all like hippie and, but it's like really it's like we all just want to be loved we want to feel good and we want to have purpose it's amazing how things fall in my lap and then my job is to follow up. And it's like, I just know that when you have a divine purpose to do something, it's amazing how things, doors are open and things come your way. So I, frankly, I don't want to take, I don't want to take credit. I'm put it's not due to me, but you know, that's the same. So I got to give thanks to God that, that if I'm supposed to do this, the information will be provided to me. And it has, and my job is to follow up, to ask the questions, to use the gifts that I was created, you know, my discernment, to ask questions, use my gut, my spidey senses tingle, you know, follow that. And it, man, it just, just keeps, seems to work. So I just like, wow, it's a miracle. Like it truly is. That's a really powerful sentiment. I think a big part of it also is your passion for it and because you care about it. And it's way easier to do the work or keep on going when things are hard or, you know, stay open to different things when you care on that level true and then and then but we, if we go one step further is where did the passion come from because not everyone a not everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur not everyone is passionate and so it's like how i was created to be a passionate person because people that have other strengths maybe they don't have a passion but they have skill sets that i don't have i know you know i don't even want to have so it's like i was given certain things 
I am using it and I have health and I have energy. I mean, to be 51 and be able to do things that I do compared to like people in my age group, right? It's like, just so I just know I'm just gonna keep going as long as I'm supposed to keep going. The doors are opened. I do what I do and I, and I keep, you know, I, there's my, that's my target. Integrity, food integrity, honesty, work hard, help people. That's what I really drive to me. It's like, I love to help people. And, you know, when I do, when I get there on occasion, when we get that testimony or that people are just like, thank you so much, like for what you do. Like not so long ago, I had a woman reach out to me and she was looking for a donation um, because unfortunately her friend had passed from cancer. So they were trying to raise money for her, her young family that was left. I'm like, of course we will. And I didn't know this person. Of course we will donate. What do you need? What do you want? How can we help? And then after, because I didn't recognize her, and she was talking to me like she knew me. And I'm like, oh, I don't know you, I'm sorry. And she says, no, you wouldn't know me. But my friend that passed, she had cancer. And what we would do um, once a week is we would go to the health food store. We would buy your video, 100% dark chocolate, and we shared it together. And that was our time together. We loved it so much. It just became, it's like, it became the happy part of her one of, her, one of the happy parts of her life as she was slowly dying. And she loved the chocolate so much. And she could just feel the love being touched. And they never reach out to me and share that with me until after she passed. So when you hear stories like this, like it, it, it just changes you. Like it, it's like, this is what we do, even though it's just chocolate or just food. It really, man, it, it, it brings a lot of joy to, to people. Just doing that? <laughs> How could I not do it? Wow. You can hear that one story and be like, okay, this is clearly doing something for people. Clearly. And that's just one. So if one person takes the time to reach out, you know there's others. And actually, I should say that there's been more, not as quite as dramatic as that, but a lot. Like I had another woman reach out to me and she said that the love butter that we make, it's a, it's like a sunscreen, it's a body care product, it's also massage oil, personal lubricant, it's just made with food. It's like just cacao butter, coconut oil, olive oil, and a little bit of vanilla. And this one woman reached out, she said, I just want you to know, and I'm not exaggerating, it's like, your love butter saved my marriage. And, and then she shared a little bit, and it's like, we don't need to share, but it's just like, no, you don't understand, it's like, my husband and I, thank you, I have some some biological, I have some allergy issues and I've had them for like, since we've been married and I've really struggled and we got to a point where we went to therapy and, and we were about to call it quits. And I discovered your love of it. And we are happily married and we cannot thank you enough. And I'm like, wow, like this is real. This happens regularly. These are just the things that we hear about. There's, there's so many more stories and it's like, okay, okay. I got this. Okay, I'm just going to keep going. What's even really amazing, to me it's the most amazing at all, is how you started so modestly in a kitchen and have now grown to that level where you have people emailing you and say, I found your product or they found it online and they tried. It, it's that growth of uh, like how you can reach out to people and how you've grown in that way that kind of blows my mind. How did that go? How did you go from, I mean, we know how you went from kitchen to, to what do you call it? Farmer's market. And that was like a, a great, you know, layup for that, but like beyond the farmer's market. So the next leap was once we're at the farmer's market and we realized that, uh, that people really were interested in our chocolate. And one of the great things about, and this is some advice for anyone starting maybe a food business or they've got something that they can sell at farmer's market. If you can get in front of a lot of people with a new product, 
you've got to give out samples, and that's one of the things. People will, you can tell right there if someone likes it. It's so easy. So once again, we've tried different recipes, and you can tell people like, yeah, I like it, and then they wouldn't buy it, or they wouldn't, you can tell with their face. So it's a great way to test your product to see what's, you know, what you want to toss and what you want to tweak the recipe. What transpired in 2010 is um, someone locally that I know, he and a partner wanted to start a new multi-level market. Okay, that's where they came to us. They said, you know, one of their products that they want is they have this juice, whatever, juice juice product, and they also wanted to do a chocolate bar with different herbs, like a healthy chocolate bar. I remember we're still making it in the kitchen. So we met with them, and, you know, they had some ideas of what, once again, we're still making chocolate in the kitchen. So they had some ideas of what they wanted to put in and what different herbs. So we created a chocolate bar for them in the kitchen. They loved it, and they said, okay. We're going to launch in four months. We need 4,000 bars. You know? <laughs> so at the time, I'm making them in the kitchen. We're making them in these little mini muffin pans. We're putting them in Ziploc bags. I don't even have like proper wrappers. And frankly, I don't even know how to make chocolate, shelf-stable chocolate, because it is a whole process. You need certain machinery. You need to temper it. Like, So we had four months to make 4,000 chocolate bars. And, uh, and granted, that their business never happened, but it started us on the journey of, okay, how do you make legitimate chocolate? How do you make chocolate that's shelf-stable? What machines do you need? How do you package it? There's a lot of options for packaging. How do you get, then you have to design it, and then you have to come up with a name. Like, what's your brand name? <laughs> There's a lot of things that you have to do to actually create a product and then what certifications do you need and do they get the government involved? And like, oh, there's so much. So we basically just said, okay, we'll start one step at a time. And we had, you know, two, Mark and myself, and we just worked a lot. And once again, by the grace of God, we figured out how to do it. It was a lot, tears, many tears, a lot of frustration. And you know, you have to have, you have to have money to spend because if, you, if you're relying on this business to pay your bills, then you either need to get a big loan, um, which oftentimes if you need a big loan for a business, you need this one. You have this one. Luckily, I had some savings, and we basically just had a house that was paid for, so I didn't have to get a mortgage. You know, once again, the timing and everything in my life just worked. And then so, long story short, we figured out how to make chocolate shelf-stable. We came up with a, a brand, a name, design-wise, I have a lot of ideas. I want to be very actively involved in the packaging. I didn't just want to hand that over to someone and say, hey, create something. Oh, yeah, that's cool. No, there were, we went through seven different designers. I had 50, 60 rounds. Of- so why, why Giddy Yo? Where did that name come from? Well, that's a good question. I'm, really, I'm definitely not smart or creative enough to come up with anything like that. So um, Long story short, when we were um, in 2010, when we were looking for our like moving forward supplier of raw cacao, there at the time there were about four different companies that were offering a non-roasted cocoa liquor cocoa paste option. So step number one is find out the names, get their contact, and give them a call and see what we're feeling, and then will they allow us to come meet them? Because we want to get the vibe. One supplier wouldn't allow us to come to the facility. So we're like, well, you're out. Yeah, talk about a red flag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Red flag number one, you're out. So it's not an option. And once again, we're like, we don't want to be like, 
we don't want a cacao farm. We just want to buy your product. So I don't know why it's a problem that you show us. And then we basically narrowed it down to two different. One was in Bali. Woohoo! Got to go to Bali. So that was a that was a trip. And then another one was in Ecuador. Um, so there were, we had multiple conversations with the um, with the gentleman in Ecuador, and he was very passionate. Like I am. And once he starts talking about something, you don't interrupt him. He said the word giddy yo-yo. And I wrote down giddy yo-yo because I was taking notes as he was talking. And my partner at the time wrote down giddy yo-yo. And he kept going. So we didn't want to inter- interrupt him and say, hey, what's giddy yo-yo? But we just wrote it down. After we got off the phone with him, we never asked him. And so we Googled giddy yo-yo because we're like, is this, a, is this a Spanish word? Is this the, you know, we were using a criollo variety of beans. So I was like, what's, what is this? You Google Giddy Yo-Yo, and all you find is either Giddy or you find Yo-Yo, but there's no... And so we're like, hey, this is a pretty cool name. And we decided that at the time, that's the name of the company. So, and it was Giddy Yo-Yo, it's no longer Giddy Yo-Yo, it's Giddy Yo. Because we try to get a trademark, and the people that own the trademark for Yo-Yo said, well, we'll give you, we'll allow you to use the name Yo-Yo, but we want to have control over your recipes and I'm like oh I know it's like or you can go to court and I'm like I don't want to spend a hundred thousand dollars in court so I'm just I'm just gonna drop a yo and it's giddy yo so we've got that trademark so that's awesome that's such a it's such like a funny story of like uh this guy, like we were like looking for one of the most foundational things cacao or cocoa cacao is used because a lot of people are like what's cacao why do you call it cacao well there's no like official term. Basically, when you use the word cacao, what you're indicating is often sometimes it's not cooked, it's not roasted, but it's really minimally processed. It's, it's as natural as you can get. And that's when you use the word cacao. Or cocoa is like, you know, typically super roasted and just, you know, processed. I, I love that, that the story of. Uh... That's where the name came from. It's like, once again, it's like, it, oh, so when we went to finally went to Ecuador, we're like, hey, we want to use this name Giddyoya, but we have no idea. Is this what is Giddyoya? You said it, and he looked at us. He's like, "What?" He's like, "I never said Giddyoya." We're like, "Yeah, I heard it. He heard it." They're like, "Well, I, I, I didn't say it. It's yours. It's brilliant. Like, fantastic. Yeah." So that's hilarious. That's even funnier that he that there was so that it always just meant your chocolate. Then that's what that means. It always was just like a gift from God, there's your name, take it and run with it. Like once again, like I would have come up, we tried other things. We tried like MV Alchemy. We tried, uh, we tried all these different names and people could spell it. And they're like, what's Alchemy? And I'm like, yeah. And then Giddyo came, Giddyo came. And it really represents like, it's like kind of funny and cute. People are like, what's Giddyo? And it just, it really makes people like happy. It's like, it's Giddy, right? It's not like, oh, Giddyo. It's it's one of those things where people will it may mean nothing, but people will add meaning to it trying to figure out what it means. And be like, yeah, I looked at that and be like, oh, it's like exactly someone's giddy and they're it's like yo, like what's up? That's kind of where I went with it. Yeah, it works, right? It's really like, and that's really what we want people to feel, other than love, heard, respect. It's like it's just like life is really hard. It can be really hard. It's like oh, I just need my piece of giddy. I just need to like step back, tap out, and just have a little bit of joy and love and eat my chocolate helps bring that feeling on and that's my job what has been the 
the most difficult part about starting Gideo? One of the biggest challenges, and I think one of my biggest regrets, is once again, because I had four young children, is that it required so much work and so much time. It really took a lot of time away from my family. And that is like the biggest heartbreak of all because you can't you can't get that back. I mean, when you're working like 14, 16 hours a day and you're trying your best to be a mom and granted I was working from home, you know, like the most important job that I think people have if they choose to have kids is to raise your kids and be as present as possible and to put as much time and effort as you can and find that balance. I failed at that and, you know, I have to live with that for the rest of my life, but I'm hoping that, um, that, that's the hardest, that was the hardest part. They're all, they're all older now. They're like 20, 22, 24, 25. So, you know, they're, they're okay. But I, I can't, I can't take that time back. I can't get that back. And so you have to understand is when you start a business that there are always sacrifices. And I encourage people that if you have children, if you have a family, to be so mindful of finding a healthy balance. Another thing too is that I worked so much and I went go, 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 that you can get pretty burned out. Like my adrenals, it's like I really ease back on drinking coffee is because it's like, okay, I just need to slow down and to be more efficient with the time that I have. So because you can only push yourself so much. And not only that, I was like working out hours a day. Like I would get up super early and work out because it wasn't just the eating portion very, you know, and then your body can only take so much and, and what goes on in your, in your mind. And thankfully I've got excellent flipping skills and I've got really good health, but you can only push yourself so much until your body's like, Oh, okay. I'm take a break. And so I'm not really the best at doing that. I'm much better than I used to be. So, so really trying, trying to find balance and making sure uh, that your relationships don't suffer because of it. Because when you are, when you're passionate about something and you like, but you're, you can't picture everything in that, especially when you've got that's a tough thing i feel like i'm getting to that stride right now but especially like when you do need to kind of go put in the overtime to take a business you're running beyond where it is it's it's hard to to find that sweet spot and especially everyone's in a different place in life for what they're they're facing too so it's it's one of those things where it, you kind of need to figure out for yourself, I feel, what will bring you that balance. It's, it's like an everyday, it's an everyday battle. You know, you have to get sleep, like really. There's certain things you have to prioritize. You really have to prioritize your health. Well, A, you've got to take care of your family. So A, you have to prioritize your health because A, you can't help the family if you're not well. Um, you can't run your business if you, you're sick. Like, so step number one is prioritize your health, not be, you know, and, and there's a lot of talk about self-care or whatever, but I'm like, well, no, do what you need to do to take care of yourself so you can take care of other people. Whether you're taking care of making sure that the business runs so you have employees that have jobs or making sure you take care of your family to be what they need. You know, it's really, it's always a give and take and balance and, and be mindful of eating well and getting sleep and making sure you exercise and like all the basics. We know what we need to do. We just we just have to make a commitment and do it. Yeah, like everything you mentioned is also like wildly more important than you would think. Like in their case, you know, what happens in the culture is you, it's like even like they're like, okay, what are the food trends? What are this? I'm like, well, I've always done basic, simple, clean food. Like uh, it's not going to change. Like I'm, it's just basics. 
I love Asics. Like, I do clean, toxic, free. I test, uh, you know, there's everyone's always looking for the next. So what's the next marketing angle? I'm like, I don't really want to have an annual marketing. Like, I don't know. Sorry, guys. Food. <laughs> is it ever like fun to kind of be like oh like what if we could like made like this crazy flavor or like this that's got to be a blast kind of coming up with different recipes oh it is that's super fun like even like you know i want to start experimenting with the lump butter because right now it just smells like like chocolate so it's like i want to start mixing essential oils and have one for like the dudes and one for the ladies and uh, you know when you start getting in the getting in the kitchen and start throwing things together you know, I did like 20 different samples and it was super fun. And I'm like, okay, staff, what do you guys like? Um, and I just, one of my suppliers has this, um, I was looking over her product list and she's like, oh, we got this new product. It's, it's dried orange, but it's not just like orange rind. It's got the orange rind with like the white part and a little bit of fruit. So it's kind of sweet, but it's dried and it's crunchy. I'm like, oh, we're going to sprinkle this on top of our chocolate and some salt and we just made some last night and it's, oh, it's like divine. <laughs> so, you had me at crunchy and salt. Yeah. It's like, so yeah, we're going to come up with like a, a crunchy line and then it's, uh, we have a crunchy line. So we're going to be kind of launching that in the stores. Yeah. That's super like the creative part, like a new packaging or rebranding and kind of in the middle of that. So that's, that's the stuff I love to do. You know, like creative aspect. Hey, let's make a new chocolate bar. I love that too. That's the fun part. Oh, it's the best. It's not the mundane, everything, sitting at my computer, answering emails, which is important. You got to do it. But it's like, oh, I'm going to get the kitchen. I'm going to create something. Yeah, that's... I feel like the the administrative stuff, like again, like the, the, all the mundane stuff, it's great because you feel good about yourself. You feel like legitimized, which is super important too. You know, all work and no play or all play and no work. Either way, either one is bad. The other thing is, one of the most beautiful things I'm so thankful is not only a, I have a business that has, you know, people people love what we do. We are we are profitable enough to keep going. I mean, no one's getting rich anytime soon. I mean, maybe someday, I don't know, but I just give it back to the staff. So, you know, it's like really finding you know, what do you need to, to be joyful and, and living my life. It's like, I just, I, you know, I want to have the basics and maybe if I want to go on a trip somewhere like I don't have these grandiose plans and I'd rather see you know have my bases covered and I like to see my staff like how can we give it back how can we yeah, yeah how can we help people thrive too that's my job it's like really it's like I'm like the lead slave here you know my job and it's interesting is like people like have a company and they're like oh they work for me but I'm like you know what it was a real shift in mindset it actually happened shortly after like the whole COVID thing because I was going for a walk and I realized wait a second no they don't work for me I work for them so I've been put in a position where my job that yeah, really is to work for them even though I make the final decision or whatever because it's my business and I've you know it's my business it's in my name I've invested the money and most time and I've done it the longest so um and when you start to realize is that I'm here to serve them, it, uh, it's kind of a game changer. It just, uh, it gives you really, it's like, okay, I go to work to know that like, man, like all my staff, like they can pay their mortgage. They've got kids, they've got families. And, and what I do make sure that, that they can support their families and live a good life. And that feels so good. And they love coming to work. 
like they really like they're just yeah and when when covid happened and we had to like shut down for a little bit everyone's like oh my god i need to get back to work i really love what i do like <laughs> this is a great company to work for you know and um like whoa that's that's huge it takes a lot of work to get there but um you know so there are a lot of thankful people Woo! people are good i got a great hr you just keep in mind so, you built a great thing. And with a lot of help. It's just, you know, it's just, so my son is fun. So, uh, yeah, get it done and people like it. And I like what I do. And I wake up and I purpose and I got a job to go to. Like, not everyone has a job to go to. Like, whoa, thank you, God. Like, uh, it's just a lot to be thankful for. A lot. So, it looks like we have time for one more question. What is the best part about running Gideo? There's a lot of really great things, but A, to know that what we do as a team, to actually see the whole team come together and work well, and I mean, we've got chocolate that people tell us that they like, and now I, mean, I get to eat, we all get to eat a lot of chocolate all the time, and we still eat it, like, so I've got great food access to amazing food, I can share with people that appreciate it, oh yes, also awesome coffee, and it's really, it's the people, the people you meet, um, whether it's a customer, whether it's a supplier, whether it's a, a vendor, like I've created some really loyal, loyal clients, loyal customers. And that's one of our, one of our, our stores are like, what have you guys done? It's like people come in specifically looking for getting yo. They're so loyal. How have you done that? I'm like, by the grace of God, I really, I, we do what we say we're going to do. And like, there's a lot of swag out there. I'm like, I just committed to being swag free. I don't know, we just got the good stuff. And we really care. So if you want to call us, you want customers, like, I'm not happy with this. I'm like, okay, talk to me about it. Like, how can we make you better? And I don't know, the people, straight up people. That's amazing. Oh my God. I love that. Bridget, thank you so much for coming on the show. For the listener who wants to get some awesome chocolate coffee, get some chocolate made with love, where can they head? They can head to giddyo.com. If they're in Canada, we sell at generally, I mean, health food stores. In the U.S., they'd have to order on the line. At, uh, yeah, giddyo, or you can even put giddyoyo.com. Even if you Google that up, it's going to take you to our site. So uh, it's pretty easy. You know? Check them out. Grab some chocolate, people. You earned it. Awesome. Bridget, thanks again for coming on. Hey, Ready Eddie podcast listeners, if you enjoyed today's episode, then I would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Eddie podcast. I'll catch you next week.